Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. I want to ask if you would to turn over to the book of Romans this morning. I want to look at uh, a passage of scripture in the book of Romans. It's actually um, in Romans chapter 12. And so if you'll turn over to the book of Romans, uh, we'll get there in just, in just a moment. We've been talking for uh, um, a few weeks now about our Christmas list and the things that we have to do that are on our Christmas list that now we're down to just days. And in a couple of days, it'll be just hours and the franticness of the season will be all about us if it's not already there. Um, so I hope that you've been able to accomplish some things that are on your Christmas list and you don't have too many things ahead of you. And I hope that you have been able to slow down a bit and truly experience the presence of Christ this Christmas. I don't know about your family, but our family and our Christmas lights, uh, putting everything up for the season, as I was growing up, it was always that weekend after Thanksgiving. And that was that Friday, Saturday after Thanksgiving was when we would drag things down from the attic and from the closets and pull everything out, and the house would just be in disrepair, and then we would start decorating for the Christmas season. Um, I remember uh, my mom and my grandparents telling stories about when they grew up. Uh, they didn't have tons of Christmas decorations before Christmas. Uh, Santa Claus, when he came, he delivered the Christmas decorations, and the tree came out. They had some things out, but Santa was the one who delivered the tree on Christmas Eve or night while they were sleeping, and it was one of those, you may have seen these trees. It was a metal tree that had one of those lights that changed colors on it. Did, have any, have some of you guys are like, oh, I had one of those trees. Some of you are like, what in the world is he talking about? Uh, but there's all kinds of different traditions that we have as far as our decorations for Christmas. This year, the weekend before Thanksgiving, my wife announced we're going to put up decorations. I said, it's a week early. <laughs> it, we're, we're still here in the middle of November. It is not time to put up Christmas decorations yet. And she said, I don't think you heard. We're it's time to put up the Christmas decorations. And I, in my hard-headedness, gave a little resistance. And then she reminded me this past weekend I had to practically beg you to get out the Christmas decorations this year because we were a week early. And then uh, she reminded me we didn't put any decorations outside of our house this year. And what we discovered in the house that we moved into, I don't know who built the house, but they did not put any electrical outlets on the outside of the house. And so there's no way, I know, I gasped too, and I walked around the house three times looking. Uh, so there's no way to put Christmas decorations and lights on the outside of the house. There was a show a couple of years ago that was on ABC about these crazy people that do Christmas decorations that are, I mean, just like blows your mind. And so I just want to show you uh, just a little clip 
of this story from Nightline about Christmas decorations. But the houses that you're about to see take season's greetings to a whole new level. With $50,000 at stake, months of planning, neighbors are pulling out all the stops in the great Christmas light fight. Here's ABC's David Wright. Silent night? Maybe if there's a power outage. And that seems to be a distinct possibility. In the great Christmas light fight, it's no longer about individual McMansions. You already know who it is! Like this one in El Paso, Texas, doing a Yuletide whip and nay nay. Now watch me whip, kill it. Now watch me nay nay. Okay. Now watch me whip, whip. This year, they're decking the halls of entire neighborhoods, like this one in Celebration, Florida. Eleven houses synced up here to Michael Bublé. Complete with holographic Santas, Mrs. Claus there in the window in high definition, trampolines turned into projection screens. We had to get our cars in at Christmas time, so actually we elevated it seven feet in the air, so the display itself becomes about a 25-foot uh, screen. Nothing says Christmas like a tongue of fire. Keep in mind, this is a Florida winter. 70-degree heat, 45% humidity, but even here, a 100% chance of a white Christmas. It's a swarm. Whenever that the machine goes off, there's a swarm then, from all around. Adults, too. They'll come from across the street to run to get into the snow. Celebration is one of three different neighborhoods being featured Monday on ABC's third annual Christmas Lights reality show. Of course, we think we have the best one. Well, I think everybody thinks they have the wow, best yeah, one. That's yeah, true. that's true. Three neighborhoods competing for $50,000 in prize money. In addition to Celebration, there's also Weipahu, Hawaii. We're the best! We know we got the best light show in the nation. And Gilbert, Arizona. That is crazy! Suddenly, it's not so surprising to learn that Americans really will spend $7 billion this year on Christmas decorations. Putting together just one high-tech house can be a year-long ordeal. Those $7 billion? on Christmas decorations? Seven billion dollars on Christmas decorations? Uh, when we were in Jacksonville, there was uh, certainly not any houses that were like this. Uh, there were a few that tried to be close to that, uh, and they would start setting up their Christmas decorations in August. And it took them that long to get everything lined up, and they had all of the, the characters and the singing reindeer and all of that stuff. I love people like this, because you get to drive by and you get to experience it. I took a youth group when I was a youth pastor down to Celebration, and we saw some of the houses in Celebration, some that were actually featured on this. But I, I've, I've often wondered what it would be like for some of those people that begin setting up their Christmas decorations in August, and I was upset because we were doing the week before Thanksgiving. But can you imagine what it would be like to live like some of those people and setting up the Christmas decorations in August? Have you ever experienced whenever Christmas comes down, though, and it's time to put Christmas in a box, your house just seems so empty? It's like, where did everything go all of a sudden? The only thing that I hate about the, the Christmas season in church 
is after the new year, when all of the beautiful decorations that we have out in the lobby, you come in, and then the lobby just will seem so empty all of a sudden, because Christmas has gone away, it's in a box, it's been put away in storage, and I think we experience that some in our house decorations as well. But I, I wonder if for this morning, on this Sunday before Christmas in 2021, if we could wonder what it would be like to experience Christmas all year long. So it's not just a season where for a month or so we have Christmas decorations, or like some people, for months you're working up towards Christmas and then you've got all of the displays, or it's not just about a dinner, but I wonder if we could think this morning of what it would be like to be able to experience Christmas all year long. Have you ever said to yourself, man, I just, I just wish that it could be Christmas all year long? I want to start this morning. You don't have to turn here. I want you to stay in Romans, or we'll get there in just a minute. But I want to start this morning with a verse from the book of Galatians. Galatians 4, chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. Paul says, but when the fullness of time, in one translation, in the NIV he says, but when the set time had fully come, God gave his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Paul is writing about the birth of Christ in a passage of scripture that we often don't read at Christmas time. And there's a phrase here in this that I've highlighted in, in, in yellow here for us that I really want to think about this morning. Last week we talked about there were 700 years from the prophecy given in Isaiah that a Savior, Emmanuel, was going to be born until Christ actually came. And then we get to the New Testament, we have this Christmas season, and then after that couple of decades, Paul is writing and Paul says, but when the set time had fully come, or in another translation, when the fullness of time had come, God came in the flesh so that we would receive the adoption into sunset of him. And we think about Christmas season being a season that's on our calendar. It's a date that's printed as a holiday. It's a date that we have all of the traditions that are built around. It's a date that we do this and we do that and we set up our decorations at this time. We put them away at this time. And Paul is not talking about any of that stuff when he says the set time had come. The set time for me for Christmas decorations growing up was always Thanksgiving weekend. That was the set time that Christmas had arrived. We always had to get through January 1st so that you would have good luck in the new year. I, I don't know where that was at, but that's what we had to do. And then after you celebrated and you ate the right foods on New Year's Day, then it was time for Christmas to go back in the box. That was the set time for us. Paul's not talking about all of that seasonal stuff that we talk about. Paul is talking about whenever God had ordained at the exact moment that he prepared. It was time for darkness to tremble because the light of the world was coming and the world was going to begin to operate in a different way. So then the advent, the arrival, Jesus, God, the Savior, the Messiah, the advent happened. And then what's happened with it? 
what's happened? Some 2,000 or so years later, here we are. And we've reduced the advent, the arrival of the Messiah down to a season to where there's this set time for us to pull out the Christmas decorations. And there's this set time for us to put the Christmas decorations back in a box. And Christmas goes away and we don't see it again for another 10 or 11 months out of the year. Because it's not the time where we would, crest, we would celebrate Christmas. But what if Christmas could be something that we experience every single day of our lives? What if Christmas wasn't just a Thanksgiving to New Year's type of holiday or type of season for us? What if Christmas Christmas was 365 days out of the year so that every morning we woke up and we were just like the kid on Christmas, running, anticipating what Santa had left under the tree for us, and then living in the newness of all of the day of Christmas Listen, the purpose of this set time that Paul talks about in Galatians 4, that Paul talks about, we'll read in in, uh, Romans in just a moment, was that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And the work that Jesus came to do in the Advent or his arrival or in this Christmas season is not something that we can reduce to a Thanksgiving to New Year's holiday. This is something that takes place every single second of every single day that we actually live in. The purpose of Christ was to liberate from the darkness and the bondage of this world. And for every single one of us, the life that we must experience as followers of Jesus is a life of living out Christmas every single day. You can't live in God's promise and mess around with the devil. You, can, you must be able to experience the fulfillment of the fullness of time or the fulfillment of the set time that God had ordained for him to come in the flesh to do this liberating work every single day of our lives. So how is it that we do that? How is it that we can experience Christmas every single day? Paul wrote about it in Romans chapter 12. And in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9, it's not a Christmas passage. It's not the angels announcing the birth. It's not the the shepherds being out in the field. It's not Mary's song. It's nothing about Joseph. It's it's, It's not any of those things that we would think were our traditional Christmas passages. In Romans chapter 12, Paul is telling us how to experience Christmas every single day of our lives. This is what Paul says in verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. 
If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Listen, these are the principles of Christmas that all of a sudden it's like a light switches and we become a little more hospitable to those that are around us. All of a sudden we cling to love and let our love be sincere when it's Thanksgiving to New Year's Day. All of the sudden, we are devoted to one another. All of the sudden, we are honoring one another. We're, we're all of the sudden making sure that we are joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, sharing with those that are in need, being joyful with those who are rejoicing, and mourning with those that are mourning. These are the things that usually happen from Thanksgiving to, to New Year's Day. And usually these are the things that happen even for those who are not followers of Jesus Christ. Because it's Christmas time. The number one season of giving happens from Thanksgiving to January 1st. But you know the hardest months of nonprofits? It's January and February. You know why? Because we pack up these principles that Paul is talking about. And we put them in a box, and we put them in the attic, and we put them in a closet, and we say, okay, I gave during the Christmas season, I'm finished with that until next Thanksgiving. But these principles that Paul talks about, these principles that we live out a lot during Christmas are principles that actually, as the world grasps them, and as the world puts them into play, and as we in the church focus on these things more and more, these are principles that should never be packed in a box and stored away. But instead, like living Christmas every day, these are things that we should be doing every single day of our lives. The birth of Christ was not about an event it was about coming to take back the things that hell had stolen. And that, for us as followers of Christ, can change us so that we experience Christmas every single day. But you know what we've done? We've reduced what happened at Christmas and the event has been reduced to an event, and it's something we celebrate from Thanksgiving to New Year's. But here, we're actually living, and I think that, that what's happened to us in the church is that we feel that we are living in this in-between season. We know that Jesus came, God came in the flesh, and we know that he is coming again. And so we're kind of like in this Advent, his coming sandwich, because there's one here on the front, one bookend, one piece of the sandwich, and there's one here on the back, one bookend, and there's one piece of the sandwich here. And we are right here in this in-between time. But you know what I love about a sandwich? It's not the ends of the sandwich. It's what's in the middle of that sandwich. And for us, in this in-between time, in this middle time, this is our time to shine, church. This is our time to experience Christmas every single day. This excitement 
that Jesus came in the flesh, this excitement that he came to liberate us from the bondage of the chains of sin and darkness, this principle that Paul is talking, these principles that Paul are talking about here are things that we can experience every day because he came and he's coming again for his bride I read this past week, this paragraph that, man, just blew my mind away on a blog. It says, there are expectations and stresses that arise when planning for a wedding, merging two families and dreaming of a future together. This engagement or in-between time often includes some premarital counseling to work through things that our love-struck brains just sometimes overlook. We find ourselves to be the person that we need to be in order to make a marriage start. In all the excitement and the longing for the big day, we can't neglect, though, the precious time that we have to prepare. Revelation 19, 6-8 paints the picture of a glorious wedding when the bride or God's church is reunited with Jesus. We still wait for this wedding day, but in the meantime, we find purpose and meaning by living faithfully engaged to our Savior. We live in the promise, and that promise is transforming us into the people who live out His message. Just as we prepare to receive our future spouse, so we prepare for Jesus, the bridegroom, to come again. We're in this kind of like an engagement period. Where Jesus was born, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father, and Jesus is coming again. And the temptation for us is to put Christmas in a box and store it away instead of celebrating the work that God came in the flesh and doing that celebration every single day. The in-between time for us can be a season of thriving or it can be a season of living in oppression, not as his children, but instead, instead less than what he has imagined for his bride. But Jesus came to change our lives And that change that he desired to give to us is a change that we must experience every single day. God's grace that he gave on Calvary's cross was the fullness of time that he had, that God had in the garden in the moment that Adam and Eve sinned and they were separated from God. And so now... We have experienced living in this season of the grace of God. And the grace of God for us is a grace that we have the privilege of experiencing every single day of our lives. And so I wonder what it would be like for us to wake up every morning of our lives like a child on Christmas morning. And diving into these principles that Paul has written to us in Romans chapter 12. In a title on this section in my Bible, it says, we are living sacrifices. It doesn't say that we were a sacrifice and that's something that took place in the past. But instead, the heading here, the title here, is pointing us to a way that we should actually live. In the way that Paul has said, this is something that you should do, and you should experience it every single day. Love must be sincere. 
that's not from Thanksgiving to New Year's. We should be joyful in hope, not from Thanksgiving to New Year's only. We should be patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, sharing and blessing those who persecute you and don't curse, but rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who mourn, living in harmony, not being proud. These are things that are not reduced to a season with a bookend, but instead these are things that we should experience and live every single day of our lives. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, John says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. This was the reason that Jesus was born. John says it in this way, the reason the Son of God appeared, and then he says, it was to destroy the works of the devil. If sin is a force, if sin is a power, if sin is the work of the enemy, then it needs to be broken. It needs to be destroyed. That's not something we can do on our own, but instead it is something that only God Almighty can do, and he did that. Paul said it was the fullness of time, the set time, and we have the beauty, and we we have the privilege of living after that time and reaping the rewards of God's grace so that we can experience Christmas every single day. We can experience God's grace, His bloodshed, destroying the works of the enemy for us. Christmas really is every day that we have breath in our lives. Every single day, not just something that we're going to celebrate later on this week. So we have to remember that in this in-between time, between God's birth and his second coming, he expects us to live in obedience every day, to living Christmas every single day. Timothy Keller says this, in distinguishing between church people and kingdom people, he says church people can't see past church-bound categories, but kingdom people have a kingdom vision to think, to dream, to act, to serve, and to live out the principles of Jesus Christ. Church people, Keller says, see the gospel in terms of good news only about the afterlife in heaven. But kingdom people, kingdom people, he says, see the gospel in terms of good news about kingdom life, both now and with God forever. Church people understand discipleship as growing in a knowledge of God's word. But kingdom people understand that discipleship is growing in a personal relationship with God Almighty. And then he says this, this is why Christ came to establish his kingdom. Jesus' desire for us was not so that we could wait for the works of the enemy to be destroyed and sometime in the future, but the purpose of God coming in the flesh, John said it, was to destroy the works of the devil. And we are living in the time of God's kingdom destroying the works of the devil. 
we have the benefit of this. We have the privilege of being able to live free in the kingdom of God, set free from the works of the enemy, the devil. We don't have to be bound. We are no longer chained. God destroyed the power from the enemy. So how do we experience Christmas, this power that Paul was writing about in Romans 12, the time that he wrote about in Galatians 4, the fulfillment of the prophet of Isaiah, how is it that we experience Christmas every single day? In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, if we were to where we were reading early, if we were to go back, Paul writes it this way. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Paul says, if you want to experience Christmas every single day of your life, if you want to wake up and live out these principles that he wrote about in Romans chapter 12 as living sacrifices, these principles that even the world grasps a little bit at Christmas time, if you want to do this every single day of your life and experience the Christ of Christmas every day, Paul says in yellow here, you do it in the realm of the Spirit. Now, we can't go back to Bethlehem where Jesus was born. We can't go back and hold the little baby that was initially born. There are no video. There's no photos of that. We don't get to see it with our senses. But we do get to experience it in the realm of the Spirit. The S here in this writing is a capital S. It's not talking about our spirit. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And that spirit is the spirit that lives inside of us, that transforms us to actually becoming the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that every single day, we are actually God's people to this world, helping in the work that he is doing in transforming the darkness and defeating it with light so that we then truly get to experience God's presence every single day of our lives. Christmas Every day, because we can operate and live in the realm of the Holy Spirit. He says, this is true if indeed the Spirit of God lives inside of you. And if you are in relationship with Christ, then we are operating in the realm of the Holy Spirit. This, though, is intentional work. This is not something that happens by accident. Just like if we were to get out all of our Christmas decorations and we were to set them in our living room and we were to go to bed that night and then wake up the next morning expecting the house to be decorated for Christmas. It doesn't happen by accident. You instead intentionally take out the decorations piece by piece and transform your house from the way that it was decorated into Christmas this, then, is how we are to live operating in the realm of the Spirit. It's intentional work. 
It doesn't happen by accident. We must every day wake up and have a conversation with the Lord saying, God, I want to operate the way that you want me to operate. I want to live in the realm of the Spirit because I am in relationship with you. I am not going to fight sin. I'm not going to fight the enemy because you've done that and the works of the enemy are destroyed. And so I am going to live in the promise of Christmas today. And Paul is saying the purpose of the Holy Spirit, if we were to keep reading Romans 8 and then let it lead us up to what he's talking about in Romans chapter 12, Paul is saying is this is the work that the Holy Spirit decides to do inside every single one of us. He guides us so that we have his power to live out these principles as living sacrifices that he is writing about in Romans chapter 12. This is cause for great joy. This is what the angels were telling the shepherds about. He said, this is the great joy, God coming in the flesh and being born so that we would be able to experience Christmas every day, not just an event, not just a season from Thanksgiving to New Year's, but every day we would be able to experience the ultimate liberation of living Christmas every single day of our lives. Let me give you another passage here in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Paul says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Do you see the intentionality that's taking place here that Paul's writing about? If you want to be intentional about living in the flesh and having those desires, you can do that. But instead, if you want to experience Christmas every single day and live out the principles that Paul writes about in Romans chapter 12, you can do that as well. The choice, he's saying, is up to you. How do you want to live? Do you want to live according to the flesh, or do you want to live according to the Spirit? The power of the Spirit is available to you, but you have to make sure that you actually get plugged into that so that you can experience Christmas year-round. Let me give you a couple of reflections. Sometimes Christmas is a little bit of a quiet season. I want to give you a couple of reflections for here, as I close this morning, that you can experience this week. One, I want to ask you to do this first one and just sit with the Lord on this. Ask God to help you discover joy and make this your attitude every single day. If we wake up every day as a sourpuss, we're going to live according to the flesh, as Paul was writing about in Romans and then again in Romans chapter 12. But if we wake up intentionally asking the Lord to give us joy, then we get to experience Christmas every single day of our lives. Like a child waking up, not being able to wait to get in and see what's going on on Christmas morning. But the choice is up to us. If we want to wake up and live according to the flesh, God loves you so much that he's going to allow you to do that. But if you wake up and you want to live according to the Spirit, then you can do that as well. So we have to be intentional when we wake up every day asking God to help us discover joy and make this our attitude. This is what the angels were talking about in Luke chapter, in Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, let me go back to this passage so that I can get this. 
so I can get this scripture for you. Luke 2, verse 10. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be cause that will cause great joy for all people. Now, does this passage of scripture say that it's going to be just for you guys that are out here that the angels are talking to? Uh Uh-uh, not at all. Instead, the scripture here says that there is going to be a cause for joy that will be for absolutely every one of us. We can't let the enemy steal our joy. And joy cannot be something that we reduce to Thanksgiving to the the beginning of the year in a Christmas season. But instead, we must experience the joy of the Lord every single day. So wake up every day and ask the Lord to help you find joy. And then be able to experience that every day. Adrian, I'm not sure what's happening happening to my iPad. It's it's gone crazy. If you would go back to the, the numbers, the one with the numbers on it. I'm going to go from the numbers to a scripture. We've got to find joy every day. The enemy is going to help you find things that steal your joy, that rob your joy. But if you wake up and ask the Lord to help you discover joy, you know what? He will do that. He will do that. Because the promise of Christmas is that there would be joy for everybody. So maybe you're here this morning and you've had your joy stolen from you. Or maybe there have been a series of events that have happened to your life that have caused your joy to be reduced or something that you think is elusive to you completely. I want you to hear me this morning. The promise of Christ's birth at Christmas was that we would be able to experience joy in the mess of the world that we are living in now. So we have the responsibility of waking up every day and experiencing Christmas on March 1st, on March 2nd, on April 1st, on April 15th, on April 30th, on May, on every day of the year. We get to experience joy because Jesus was born. So ask God to help you. He'll help you. And then be determined to make this your attitude. The second thing, seek peace. And make peace. You know another announcement that actually came? So that we would be able to experience this promise of Christmas every single day? Was there would be peace on earth. Luke 2 verse 14. Would you go to that slide Adrian? Here's the angels. The angels are rejoicing. The angels are celebrating. It's Christmas. Jesus has been born. And you know what they said? Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, listen, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. How do we experience peace when there is a world in chaos? How do we experience peace in the middle of a pandemic that is still taking place and they're telling us it's going to get worse and worse? How is it that we can experience peace? It's because we can experience Christmas every single day of the year. Because the arrival of Jesus was the promise of peace for everyone on whom his favor rests. Are you in a relationship with Christ? Do you know him as your Savior? Then you have his favor. And peace is a promise that you can experience despite the world that is in chaos around us. 
There is joy and there is peace in the Lord. And we get to experience that promise of Christmas every single day of our lives. The third thing for us that is a reflection for us at Christmas, if Adrian, if you go back to that slide, number three. So there's joy in number one, and we've got to make that our attitude. Number two is we have to seek peace and we have to make peace. Let me say this. The enemy does everything that he can to destroy our peace. So we've got to make peace. And that's hard. That's hard. Because there are going to be people around us that don't have peace. And the temptation, the lure of the enemy, is not to drag them up to our peace, but instead to drag us down into their chaos. And so we get the choice. Do you want to experience the peace of Christmas every single day? Or do you want to walk around in the chaos of the world? We not only have to seek peace, but we've got to make peace. The next here is continue to give. In Galatians 4.4, I read this, this scripture just a little bit earlier. But I want you to catch what happened here. When Paul is writing about Christmas, the arrival of a Savior, he says, but when the set time had fully come, God gave his Son. At Christmas time, we are accustomed to giving. We give gifts. We give to charities. We are good givers at Christmas. But then you know what happens? We pack this spirit of giving up and put it in a box with the rest of Christmas on January 1st or whenever you pack your Christmas and we put it away and that season of giving has stopped. I've prayed for us as a church that God would open our eyes that there is a world, a community around us that needs the gifts that God has given to us. I'm not talking about finances. Finances are a small, small, small piece of that. But they need the gifts that the Lord has given to us. Do you know what some of the gifts that God has given to us? The ability to love. Paul wrote about it in Romans 12. He said, love must be sincere. There is no sincere love in this world absent Jesus Christ. Not one at all. We can talk about love. They can write about songs about love. They can write poems about love. They can write books about love. They can tell us how to love. Counselors can say, this is the way that you love. But listen, love must be sincere. And the way that love is sincere is because of the arrival of Jesus Christ on Christmas. The world needs the gifts that God has given to us. And we have to give those things to the world. If we are the instruments, the vessels of the Lord, if we are the tabernacle, the temple of the Holy Spirit, then the way the world comes to Jesus is by seeing Jesus inside every one of us and living out these principles that Paul has written to us in Romans chapter 12. We have to make certain that we are giving these things to the world because God gave them to us. We can't be hoarders. We can't hang on to these and say, man, I've got to have these. No, we need to share them and give them to the world. God gave his son to us. The path paved the way for us to experience Christmas every day in living out these principles. Now we need to make sure that we give them to the world. So we've got to wake up every day, back to number one, we've got to wake up every day asking the Lord to help us discover joy, and then we've got to make that our attitude. 
The third, or the second, I'm sorry, is we have to seek peace and we have to make peace. The third is we've got to continue to give. We can't be hoarders. We've got to give these things away. And the fourth is a question that I want you to really be diligent about asking the Lord is, where, God, do I need to live obedient to you? Where do I need to live obedient to you? You see, these things that Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 12 are not things that we pack up in a box and we store them until next Christmas. These are things that we have the privilege in living in obedience to him. These are the things that we have the privilege of living Christmas every single day in our lives. So I want you this morning to ask the Lord this question as we close our service. God, where do I need to live obedient to you? Maybe the temptation for you all of your life, or maybe lately because of circumstance or whatever, has been to take the Christmas and put it in a box and store it and be done with it for another year. This year, I hope it's different. As you ask the Lord this question, God, where do I need to live in obedience to you? And then you get to experience Christmas every single day. Christmas doesn't end. It doesn't end on Saturday at midnight. Christmas doesn't end. Christmas doesn't end with the turning of another day or a day on a calendar. Christmas doesn't end because the retailers and the shopping places that we go to tell us that Christmas is all over with. Christmas doesn't end because there's another holiday that's pressing, that's on the calendar. Christmas doesn't end because we take the Christmas lights down. Christmas doesn't end ever for those of us that are living in obedience to Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.